podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Good afternoon everyone, welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon, it's Champions League night, it's likely to be our last Champions League night at Celtic Park this season, um, but we're all hoping for a Celtic victory. It's myself, Declan McConville, joined by Lawrence Conley. We're going to have a second half substitute, Lawrence is going to have to jump off, so Paul John will be joining me for the second half of the show. But Lawrence, here we are, after another uh, two victories, because obviously we were on last Tuesday, through the semi-final of the Cup to face Kilmarnock. We're, uh, we've extended our lead at the top of the table after a 4-3 victory at, at Tynecastle. And we're back in Champions League. Um, due to the games, are really coming thick and fast just now for the hoops. Yeah, indeed. Um, teams just rising to the challenge. You know, it doesn't matter, matter who are. I'm just putting that first 11. They'll show they can handle it, can't they? Uh, it's just been really exciting, if somewhat bewildering at times to watch. But... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just cracking and really looking forward to tonight. Bewildering, Lawrence. I wonder what you could be talking about. I wonder if that'll be something that we're talking about very shortly. Um, but as our tagline goes, as Ange shatters glass ceiling comments, can Celtic pull off Shakhtar win? Uh, if you haven't seen some of Ange's press conference comments from yesterday, he was kind of asked by a journalist about you know Scottish football and Celtic reaching a glass ceiling in the Champions League if this is it, and he said back to the journalist, you talk about glass ceilings, well, what are the chances of an Australian coach managing in the Champions League? Um, I've broken through so many glass ceilings that I know that they don't really exist. They only exist in your own ambitions, whether that is Europa League or Champions League. I think it's to say that if a football club of our size goes out there and plays football that everyone talks about, irrespective of the opposition, wouldn't that be a great thing? A club like Celtic is playing the biggest clubs in the world and people are talking about how we are playing. I think there is something in that. With that, you obviously want success and you want to win games of football, but I think there is great merit in doing things that people don't expect you to do. And why not for Scottish clubs? Why not for us? I see no reason why we can do that. I think he's absolutely spot on with those kind of comments, Lawrence. You know, it's been the first time Celtic's been back in this competition for five years. We've been on 
each week, both you and I, um, either on the day of the game or on the eve of a Champions League game, whether that's home or away, the results haven't been what we've wanted them to be. But I would say there's been clear progress made in this competition. And I think for me, tonight's really important in the sense that if we do get a win tonight, it's a building step towards probably next season's European ambitions and possibly this season's European ambitions. We're still in it mathematically, but we do need to win tonight if we want any chance at all of uh, being in the Europa League. Yeah, we're back in it. And although the results haven't been what we wanted, you know, we're competing and we're competing with some style. You know, it's better than getting there and just being absolutely hammered. You, you, you know, we're playing a brand of football that we all want to see. I suppose beginning of the last season, it was the same in the league. People were saying, Ange, we need to change. This football won't work. Not in Scotland, it's all right. You know, it's too open. You know, but he stuck with it. <laughs> you know, as he'll tell you, he's done his whole career. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a lemon cup for us. But the players have competed during those games. We just need a 90-minute performance from them. Shakhtar, I think we should have been taking a... Well, most games have taken a chance. It's been different. But I think Shakhtar aren't as strong as Leipzig or Madrid. So, yeah, I'd expect us to win tonight. Now, I think we'll be dangerous on the break. But, you know, we're heading in good form. Crowd behind us. I think it would be a win. A big part of that good form, Lawrence, has obviously been three domestic games on the bounce, which is something, you know, we had to win all three. We've did that. We hammered Hibs 6-1, 4-0 victory at Fur Park, and then the 4-3 win at Tynecast on Saturday. That was something that Celtic hadn't done till the end of August, early September time. And I think momentum with this team is really, really important. Would you agree with that, that getting those three wins under our belt and possibly making it four tonight? You know, really, really helps the group in terms of that momentum. That was something we did so well last season after that defeat at Livingston, going on that run. I know there was a few European uh, matches in amongst that that maybe we didn't get the, the results that we required, but th- this team seems to really thrive in momentum, and I think that will help us carrying that momentum into the game tonight. Well, well listen, the, the momentum's, you know, it's a result of performances, isn't it? And we're picking up the ones because individuals are stepping up to the plate. Yakimakis is in form. James Forrest, you know, many people, but not you and I, Declan, had written him off. And you know, he's in there, he's scoring goals, he's looking like James Forrest, James Forrest of old. I think we spoke in the last season uh, where we said, you know, Declan worth a new contract, but he's probably going to be a squad player. But I'd expect him to start tonight, just the form he's in. And for the experience in the Champions League, well, it's a fairly young team we've got. There's not a lot of experience there, Champions League experience there. Callum's still out, so I think Joe Hart, probably Tony Ralston, you know, had a bit earlier in his career, and uh, James Forrest, the, the guys coming with experience at this level. So I'd expect him to start. Yeah, let's talk about that then. James Forrest, obviously, 101 goals for Celtic at the weekend. He gets the opener against Hearts. Um, I think this is one that you're maybe looking at. at Ange Postacoglu, and we'll come on to some other players with this, but. He seems to give you kind of hints, Lawrence, before a game, what your next lineup's likely to be. You've seen that with the rotation at Motherwell. Then you go to Tynecastle and you make five or six changes once again. I think that'll happen tonight. I think there could be five or six changes. Forrest is an interesting one because I think he played just over 65 minutes at the weekend. He's got his goal. But I'd agree with you in this point, and I think this is a bit of what he kind of get to, that the experience we know Callum McGregor and the team is really, really important. And something that the Celtic team has been accused of and the managers even owned up to is being inexperienced at this level. 
And James Forrest is the only player, you know, in terms of Celtic. Um, obviously, you've mentioned Joe Hart there, but with Manchester City in that category. Um, it's been the undone it in the big night at Celtic Park. And for me, with a bit of form that he's in, um, I, I would start him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's in cracking form. He's got the experience. And I think I just talked about that where we stopped playing a football and started going back. James is maybe, you know, he's not going to be overawed by the occasion and he's going to be able to spot it happening in the park and, and get a message to his teammate to keep playing football. Yeah. You know, the other players will have learned from the games that they've played so far. You know, that's a steep learning cup for them. And Moyes looked amazing uh, as well last few games. So, yeah. I'll be interested to see the lineup tonight, but definitely getting in good form, and I think yeah, everyone's expecting us to win at home. In terms of the rotation that I spoke about, Lawrence, do, do you have you noticed that recently? You, you kind of get that hint from the manager. I, I think you know George's Yakimakis played ninety minutes at the weekend at Tynecastle. I really don't expect him to start tonight. But would you agree nah, with that? I I, I think uh, you know he'll bring Kyogo in, but he, I think he's getting happier with the squad in his comments in terms of where they are fitness-wise and how ready they are to step in and replace. So, you know, he's made a few comments about Abelgaard will be making a big impact soon. Bernabeu's not his greatest game at Tynecastle, but he's starting to get a bit of a run. So, I think, yeah, I think he's a lot happier that he's got cover in every position. In, in terms of that rotation, in terms of covering every position, I go back to the St Murn game last month, and I think possibly at that point, when we were all looking, you know, before an international break, you made so many changes to the team. I think all Celtic fans are looking at him and thinking, why are you making so many changes at this point in time, especially with an international break coming up? But I think I'm probably the belief there, what you're assuming this one, Lawrence. Do you think the manager maybe got a wee bit ahead of himself in thinking that some of those guys are ready at that point, whereas they just weren't? And if you'd have probably made the same kind of rotation to the team um, that, that, that currently exists then in terms of the form they're at in terms of where their fitness is at you probably wouldn't have had that um, bad afternoon in, in Paisley so you, you know it was the first loss in 38 domestic games in, or in, in the league a few players were, were off it but the question is how, how do you get them up to, to speed you, you know you, you talk to, to some former players and say you really need game time so would they be more confident with making the changes now if it's one game now yeah definitely but I was a bit surprised they made as many changes, but one in 38 and a few players off it. But unfortunate, you know, I think with a second goal, especially, and, and things just went fall for us. So I think it's a combination of things, but the players should have been there up to speed to be able to take advantage of, of getting a start. They're probably closer now, but that's a result of getting game time and some months part of that, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, in terms of resilience and character, the, two of the biggest characteristics you saw in Celtic's performance at the weekend, you, you saw a lot more of that in the team. I think that started to grow probably ever since that St Myrne um, defeat. For some of the lads that had came in, you know, there was a good whack of them in terms of guys like Maeda and Hitati and all the, the new arrivals in the summer. You're adding Moyes, um, Sadak Sabanovic that had came in, hadn't tasted defeat with Celtic. For a lot of the guys that had been there and done it last season, They'd had that rocky uh, spell um, with the defeat of Beatty Livingston. And sometimes that you know can can make you stronger as a team. But we'll go back to George's Yakimakis. Kind of looking at his goal scoring record, another goal at the weekend, great header um, from the the ball from Aaron Moy. But it's 20 starts and 24 goals. This is an incredible record from this guy. 
yeah, listen, um, I suppose one of Andrew's teams, the amount of chances you create, although it's incredible, you can see why, because the volume of chances we're creating. Uh, but he's still putting the back in there, isn't he? He's still, he's still there. I think it's a position we'll probably look to strengthen out there. The winter transfer window. But yeah, his numbers are fantastic, but Angie's teams are set up to score a lot of goals. So I suppose it's no surprise that your striker gets good numbers. You know, they're set up to get in the opposition penalty box, create chances. What may be surprising is the lack of penalties we get, but, you know, for a team that's so attacking and spends so often in the opposition box. But yeah, I don't think it's a surprise that, you know, a striker's getting a lot of goals. In terms of Yakimakis, Lawrence, I think it really suits him. You know, he's getting a game every three days or whatever it is, you know, with the rotation that's coming into the team. I imagine he will come on at some point tonight. Um, but but for me, he is at his best. It is that consistent run. You saw that towards the end of last season when he came into the team and Kyogo was out. Why do you think it is that Ange possibly prefers to play Kyogo in a game like tonight? Is it that high press? What, what do you think it is? I, I think it's the high press. Whoever he starts with is going to need a rest at some point. And I, I, I think that's really what comes into it. He's maybe thinking he's needing someone with a bit more guile up, up front. Maybe that's why he chooses Kyogo. But yeah, I think in Champions League, we know the striker's going to change at some point. So... I think you're right. I think he probably will go with Google just because you know Yak at the Yak and Marcus at the ninety minutes. But you could always surprise us and start. I, I think he he seems to, to trust Kyogo more. He's still got a, a way to go to get to the last season sites, Kyogo though, you know what I'd say you're informed strikers, Yak and Marcus, and I think probably the numbers bear that out. But yeah he's got I think it will start with Kyogo and bring Yakimakis off. I've been said though. Yeah, let's bring in some of our contributors in the chat. Um, Bob McMillan coming in, usual Tuesday regular. Kyogo has better movement in his opinion and we've also got Michael McDonald in to say, Kyogo not GG to start for me. He's a better finisher. That's what is required tonight. Lawrence, do you think there is a better finisher out of the two of them? I'm quite balanced in both of them. I think that record speaks volumes for, for Yakimakis, but I'm also... Um, in agreement with yourself and that I don't think both of them as of yet have probably hit their, their heights this season for Celtic I, I think Yakimakis uh, is more an actual striker uh, but you know but we will tell you you know Japanese football Kyogo was mostly played as a winger so I think if you take a look at one of them as an out and out striker and finisher yeah I would say it's Yakimakis I, I, I don't think Kyogo really falls into an out and out striker uh, mould but you know, I'd love him to start with Yakimakis, but I can't see it just because he had the 90. Uh, I think you're right. I think he'll bring Kyogo on. His movement seems to be a wee bit more clever. And I think that's probably who we'll start with. But, you know, confident if Yakimakis comes on, you know, he'll get chances. Yeah. Um, Paul Andrew Martin coming in here to say good movement is far more important than mixing it up. I think that's in with a, a previous contributor's uh, point and, and Yakimakis mixing it up a bit. You know, he likes to come deep for the ball. He's able to be an outlet for Joe Hart when he's, he's playing the ball. Um, up the park we've also got a comment coming in here to say Kyogo's not getting shooting boots on just now GG starts for me um, and Derek coming in here to say why not bring Kyogo on the left with Gio up front Lawrence do you think that's something we're going to possibly see at some point in this season we know the kind of structure of a Celtic team just now is set in that 4-3-3 but as you previously just touched on there Kyogo has played 
uh, out in the left-hand side in Japan in the J-League. And he also featured for Celtic in the left-hand side very, very early on um, at the start of his career at Celtic. If you remember that game at Ibrox when Ange yeah. came out after it, holding his hands up saying, you know, I still played Kyogo through the middle rather than, rather than Edward through there. Yeah, I think that was it. He was playing Edward, was my mistake, not Kyogo on the left because I thought he had a decent decent shoulder on the left. I mean, he put one in the plate for Edward and he, yeah, his head wasn't in it, Edward, was it? So, yeah, I think we'll see it at some point. You know, I'd like to see, to, to see that, but we've got a lot of competitions on, on the wings. I don't think we'll see it tonight. I think we're going to need Maeda's work rate. Yeah, um, Dyson made us a player who we maybe get on to, um, you know, getting a goal at the weekend. I think will do him the world of good in terms of confidence wise. But to bring that into the mix, Lawrence, you know, Keogh got that goal at Motherwell uh, last week. He, he missed what would have been a harder chance um, to miss rather than putting the back of the net. And he has that shot that whacks off the crossbar and eventually gets his goal um, after a badder. As opposed to a great assist, by the way, from Lila Bada, that one. But I think that'll do Kyogo the world of good just to get that goal. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, I thought when he worked across, but I thought actually that's going to give him a lot of confidence. You know, that was a c- cracking, you know, bit of play from him. Totally unexpected and unlucky enough to score. But I thought, you know what? The green one's maybe back, back in amongst it because the earlier miss was off sliding by post. But it was a bad miss. You know, that was the easy one to score. But he's got a goal. You know, he, he's got a... Uh, I don't know what the Scottish press would have been calling that gold drought off of no, Definitely a drought. That's what it would have been dubbed as, yeah. Yeah, they're called it something like that. I seem to remember a Celtic striker going through a, a two-game gold drought at one point. But, uh, yeah, 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 his confidence got pretty high. Uh, and he, he'll be looking forward to playing in it. Playing tonight, I think, Champions League. All the players want to play at the top level, don't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure they do. And, even, you know, when we're talking about experience, Lawrence Kyogo, I think it's easy to forget, is probably one of the most experienced guys in terms of age. But within the team, he's one of the older um, players, as easy as that is to forget. So having that, your team is also important. But, you know, I think for me, whoever you go with, I think it's going to cause any team's problems. Um, but I just think, as I mentioned earlier, with Jackie Mack has been given the 90 at Tynecastle on Saturday, I just don't see him starting tonight. Um just due to that hint that Ange Postacoglu basically gives you um, b- before games. Um, Dizameda, another goal at the weekend, something, you know, what you touch on this, something we've not done too too often um, recently, as, you know, taking shots from outside the box and falling in with it. We've got plenty of players that can go and do it. I mean, we get that goal from it on Saturday. And again, you know, Maeda, I think that's two and three now for him. Um, and he's starting to look a wee bit more like his old selfie. He made that that goal that we're talking about that Kyogo got in last Wednesday night, um, if he's high pressing, we know how good he is at that. And uh, he took that goal on Saturday really, really well. Craig Gordon had no chance. Yeah, striker's finish, wasn't it? But I suppose he's the opposite from Kyogo, isn't he? He played through the middle in Japan and out wide here. And another player that's maybe not hit one season's form, but, you know, he always gives his all. And yeah, it's great to see him finish. I was uh, just shocked that the VAR official wasn't going to chop it off for, for some imaginary film. I actually looked right away at the, the linesman because I thought, I don't tell me he's offside, but thankfully not. Um, and he seemed to enjoy it. Um, I don't think anybody enjoyed it though as much as Kyogo, who was going absolutely mental in front of us 
Um, and that Rosebud stand on Saturday, I think he, you know, if he could have either jumped the barrier and jumped in with us, he was going to absolutely tonto, um, especially at that Greg Taylor goal. Um, just to bring in a wee bit about Maeda, Pat Dolan came in here to say it's not what Maeda does on the ball, it's the work he does off it. Um, runs defenders ragged, never seen such a player for Celtic, pest of the highest order. He certainly is that. Um, another comment coming in saying that they believe that Kyogo will start. Kevin Green was also um, in agreement with that. To. It's good that we've got these options, Lawrence, up up front. You know, but we're not struggling for players um, in these positions. Just to bring in this one, um, Haksabanovic again came off the bench on Saturday, didn't start the game. I think that's a good indication that he'll start tonight. Where do you see him playing tonight? Is he going to start out in that left wing? We've seen him play a wee bit more often. Um, obviously, in the game against Hibs last week against Motherwell, didn't start at the weekend. Do you see him playing out in the wing? Or does it go into midfield? And if you're in the comments, let us know what you think in this one too. I, I'd like to start in midfield tonight. You know, midfield of O'Reilly, Hatati, uh, and Hans Ivanovic. I think Moy will be unlucky to drop out, but yeah, that, that's what I'd like to start. Because I would, yeah, I'd like to start Jamesy and Nayida. So it's it's hard to get. Yeah, obviously, they can't fit them all on the team. So yeah, decisions to be made. My Ange. Robert Highland asking that one. I think Aaron Moy actually keeps his place. I know he missed a sitter at the weekend. Picked Giacomacchus out with a great ball. I'm keeping them in my team, Lawrence. Um, we'll get a bit of debate here on Tuesday. As I say, if you're in the comments, let us know what you think in this one. I think we're, you know, we're talking about experience and whatnot. I think Moy's starting to get up to it a wee bit more. And I thought Rio Hitati, who was you know, possibly my man of the match and, and Saturday, thought he was excellent. I think Moy just brings a better balance to the midfield. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, uh, I think what Moy brings it. People are saying you know he's slow and doesn't turn quick enough, that, but I think he's still got cracking work rate, work rate, and his experience and uh, just some of his passes, it's, they're absolutely exquisite. You know, finding a striker with a ball. So definitely, I think he brings a a lot to it. I just think tonight, maybe that lack of speed will cost him his place. I think Hatsabanovic is a bit quicker than him, and. Moy played a lot, a lot of minutes against Hearts, so I think I think they maybe start with Haksibanovic. I definitely think Haksibanovic will start the game tonight. Um, Paul Andrew Martin coming here to say prefers Haksibanovic, and the wing more forward ball progressing. He's a player I've been really impressed with, Lawrence. Um, and again, you know, you touched on it earlier on when we were talking about that. I was reading some Ange Postecoglou's comments, and he picked out Haksibanovic, Moy, and Abelgard as players that they they brought in knowing that it would basically peak at the second part of the season. I found that really, really interesting. Yeah, I'm just hoping it, it, it means we're uh, still going to get transfers. It's not the opposite. Well, I've got these three in and now they're peaking and they, they don't need people. But listen, two of them we can definitely see again better week and week. Uh, Abelgard is, is still to be seen. But he, we can, I suppose Ange just is touching that. You know, we knew he'd been training by himself and he was going to be the furthest away from getting up to speed. So, yeah. Let's hope so. They, they they kick on, you know. You know, in spite of um, officialdom, we've got a four point gap in the league. You know, a bit comfort again. And if these players kick on, I, I don't see kind of as losing any anything in the league. I think that should be secure for us to go to another title. But I suppose it's, it's really tonight. You you want to see what level we can step up to because we know that we can do it in Scotland I mean the St. Mungan game you know first defeating 38 in the league so we know that 
good cons- consistency in the league and the players that can do it, it it's Champions League we want to see you know, we want to get that one done in terms of Haksibanovic, let's bring some comments in on him. Um, Haksibanovic causes problems really like he makes a pace of himself. One of the things I like about him, Lawrence, and a reason why I would think he should start tonight anyway, is his versatility. He can play neither wing and he can play in midfield and he just gives the manager another option. And at this level of football, I think you need your players to be versatile. Yeah, definitely. You know, his game changes on the part, whether he's covering or you know, you want to switch wings or whatever, just to kind of confuse the, the opponent. It's a really handy trade to have. I mean, look, look at Craig Taylor changing positions to a striker almost at, at, at the end of that finish, wasn't it, against Hearts? But, you know, it's, so I think versatile players really suit Angie's system. Probably why you know, Taylor X midfielder at Kilmarnock then left back at What why it suited him so well. But, yeah, I, I'd start Haxabanovich, but, you know, I'd start on the in the midfield rather on the wing because I want my head out there just I, I just don't think we can do without he's, he's what we defensively gives us so much him and Taylor work really well together not that Taylor and Haksibanovic don't I just think you know there's more experience out of that partnership we've made than in, in Taylor that's an interesting one. Jonathan Brown coming in here to see Aksivanovic has to start. His technical ability is vital in the Champions League. Uh, an Egyptian king there coming in to say that he believes Kyogo tonight and rest Yakimakis for Livingston. And always says Lawrence one game at a time, but I'm sure he does have uh, one eye on what has been a, a difficult away ground. But hopefully after winning there, um, I think it was March or April time last season, and um, hopefully we've got that off our backs and can kick on with it. Um, Lawrence, I'm sure anybody watching will have noticed the SPFL title over your, your left shoulder. I know it's not the real one, but you have us a wee bit of back chat how you've ended up with it and your and your gaff on this Tuesday. Yeah, Friday night uh, up at Comrie, Oakley Boys, Celtic Sports Club night, organised by Paradise Promotions. With, uh, John Hartson and, and Tosh McKinley there, and just a cracking night. So, yeah, after dropping Kev for the penalty spot off, it was left in my car, and I thought, Better not leave that line in the back seat. So, Kevin's returning from Lisbon today. God knows why he picked there to go to. But um, once he's back, I'll, I'll give the trophy back to him. But I'm sure any clubs out there looking for something organised to, to get it along, contact Alan at Paradise Promotions. Well, there's a wee shout out for that one. Um, just in case anybody was wondering if that was a real deal and if you were maybe, uh, you know, on the Rob Lawrence. Um, I know that. Stone of Destiny um, eventually got returned to, to Scotland and maybe some people thought that the SPFL title had to be returned to your living room but that's cleared the, yeah. that one up for it um, but while we're still on because I know you're going to be uh, heading off soon Maeda um, you, you you think you should start tonight? Yeah it's, it's just he's what right now that understanding his goal with Taylor it's just tried and tested isn't it getting that goal he just looks so happy. He's got his rewards for everything he's put in, and I, I think he's he's really vital. You know, if Hacks of Anifex gets moved out and more he starts, I'm overly worried. No, because I, I think all three of them have you know shown they can do it. I would just prefer my my head over Hacks of Anifex. and it's probably you know from the defensive side of the game. So that that drops Hacks of Anifex into you in midfield if you were yeah. picking the team and more drops out. That's a fair call. Um, I know some people do agree with that. Let's bring in some comments on Aaron Moy. Beach Boys coming in to see here. It's okay stolen about at Fur Park in Tynecastle. This is elite football. Moy on the bench. Um, I would say Aaron Moy can play elite football though. 
But but you know, Lawrence, I don't think you're saying he, he can't. It's just that you, you prefer Maeda in for this game. But certainly Aaron Moy is going to be looking just now at being in that Astilga squad for the World Cup and wanting to play um, for Astilga at the World Cup. And the more game time for him just now, the better. Well, so I, I wouldn't be worried about starting at all. Uh, people have said, you know, he's slow. Uh, definitely beat me in a foot race. He's maybe slower than the likes of Maeda. Uh, but he still looks fairly fit. He's getting up to, to match fitness. Any lack of pace or perceived lack of pace, it's certainly made up from in his passing. He's one of, one of the best passers on the team, you know, in terms of that, that high-risk high risk pass, the killer pass. It seems to, to be able to thread it through the eye and needle, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, he's a top, top player. Um, and you can start to see that now with the assists he's getting, um, particularly the one with Maeda um, in the 6-1 game against him. It was a brilliant ball. Um, really difficult finish, but a great goal. Um, Lawrence, I can't let you go without reflecting a wee bit on new technology. I'm not talking about the new iPhone. It's just recently came out. Um, I know they come out as often that the UK gets Prime Ministers at this point in time, but let's talk about VAR. Um, what was your thoughts on it first? Because from someone who was in the stadium at the time, I think it was frustration. I even looked over at... Um, the, the really nice, kind Jambos fans to my left-hand side um, who who looked in all when the, the penalty um, was, was choked off. There was even one individual with his hands in his head as if, oh no, um, we're going to miss this. They, they obviously did score it, but but what was your thoughts on the VAR at the weekend? Well, I suppose Tony Ralston one, it, it was a bit of a puzzle one because, you know, the whistle went for, I will see three kicks, so VAR shouldn't have been involved at all. But for some reason... The ref had to have a big conversation with you know, the VAR ref. God knows what they were talking about because VAR can't intervene at that point. So it mystifying why there was such a delay when there's nothing else can be done. He's already awarded the free kick. That's it. You know, it's, why it was a free kick is completely different matter. Hearts penalties, you know. I think it worked the way it was meant in the Carterbackers one, wasn't it? You know, if it's unclear, if you let play go on, if there's a mistake, it gets called back, the ref goes over and views the screen. Because anything subjective, my understanding is the ref has to view the screen on subjective matters. Matters of fact, when it's an offside, he doesn't have to view it. You know, the bar ref makes a decision and just lets him know. And we see the nice bar lines on the screen, telling us if someone's offside or not, you can go right. There's no debate. There's the technology working. I so think it's all... interesting, just to kind of jump in on that, Lawrence, that um, our good friend uh, to all Celtic fans, Bobby Madden, had his, he's saying this yesterday on Instagram, and he actually said that it was the broadcaster's fault that we didn't get to see the lines, that those lines are put out, and it was up to the broadcaster not displaying them, which is even more frustrating. Obviously, if you're at the game, you don't see it, but it must be even worse when you're watching it on TV. You see this up, you can clearly say that's a bit tight, can we see the lines and they weren't there? Yeah, it, really strange, you know, whose decision it's not been to show them, bizarre, but, you know, we've all seen kind of, I suppose, Twitter stills of people putting lines across saying, a bad is onside. Who knows? Eh, but, the penalty decision, you know, is it hand to ball? You know, he moves his hand out and, and blocks the ball. I don't even think you need to far for that. It's tough isn't it? You know, and they're going to... Well, Ange, Ange thought so. I said that before we came on. Um, pretty difficult to see, but I looked over at his reaction. He was going absolutely mental. You could tell how frustrated he was with it. Yeah, 
it's, it's hand to ball. You don't need that. Uh, you know, they're saying, oh, well, it's probably because his arm's close to his body. Well, yeah, but he still moved out to stop the ball. You know, I don't, I mean, when watching it, the ref should have went over and viewed the screen. It's better. But I don't think he, he did that. And I thought subjective matters, that's what he had to do. So you're kind of going, right, honestly, that's a subjective matter. Is it close enough or not? Because I don't think they've got, like, you know, this, if it's within 15 inches or something, they can use lines and see how far his arm is away. So it's subjective. The ref had to go and look and he did. And, and as a result, Celtic don't get a penalty. No shot there. So, VAR. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It worked for some people when it was implemented and it worked, you know, as far as a Celtic penalty instant, it didn't seem to be implemented properly, you know, with the ref going over and have a look. And how the ref's looking at it, don't think it's a penalty. It's mystifying. But, but more worrying than that was that, I suppose, the offside right the death. You know, we were called off offside, looked well on, and it gives Hearts another chance to throw the, the ball into the box. Obviously, no lines because that's only for tight offside decision. And we looked a bit two, three yards on. And, mm. You know, they looked to get two Hearts centre Hearts playing them on, and you're going really bizarre uh, way for VAR to be in, implemented. But I think we spoke about this before VAR came in. Unless the refs have to come out and explain their decisions, they'll still make strange decisions. I mean, if you. If you went to the ref and said, look, here's the replay. He moves his hand out to stop the ball. Oh, what's that all about? And yeah, it's nothing we've not had before, but I think it's just highlighted. I think Hart, Hart's and Sutton done really well to call it out and, and say, you know, it is beating two teams now. You know, we can't say, oh, it's in a blinky eye. I didn't quite see it. They've got the benefit of reviews. And it didn't appear as if the ref followed the rules to go over look at the screen and have a benefit of you but I'm sure the SFA will put it down to teething problems yeah, so we could say teething problems that you know, Celtic don't get a penalty teething problems that Libby get a, a guy sent off I heard Kenny Millen he did all this and it's not standing off he catches him on the ankle you know it, it's not high up certainly if it, if it had been an e-high tackle at Ibrox there was one the previous week last man Rangers defender knee-high challenge that was only a yellow so I think it's the implementation of the rules and the lack of transparency that, that doesn't help we had had a lack of transparency before that mm. and we've still got it just now yep there is a lack of transparency Pat coming in there to say supposedly the lines are sent to the broadcaster who then chooses uh, to either show it or not um, well, and Robert, Robert Little's agreeing with you and Lawrence and would it not be better if someone just said after the game the reason it wasn't handball and it because of that feeds into what you're saying about you know it's um, maybe used for penalty area instance right Tony Ralston claims for a penalty the boy comes in in the corners of body, but you can't see from the one image where he's clicked to Tony first of the ball 
but there was no VAR reflection. You're thinking, well, if you shoot it for a penalty, surely this is something the VAR should be looking at here. But then again, it's only a Celtic, potential Celtic penalty. Well, it's going to be one that's going to be staying with us, unfortunately. We don't want to really be talking about it each week, but I think we are. You know, We're already given the warning signs by the SAFA, Crawford, Allen, Maxwell, whatever who, you name it, they've said it. Uh, we're going to have TV issues with it, as they've said. And you don't want it to be the main talking point. And it was a decent game of football. I know people have been saying, you know, Celtic deserve to win the game and whatnot. It could have affected the outcome of the game. Um, I know that Motherwell was another team who feel um, that they, they weren't happy towards the end of the game at Pitodri at the weekend. Um, I'm going to bring in Paul John, who's going to join us. We'll do a, a badder for us or a forest a badder, however you want to see it. Before um, I go, the, the, the Oakley boys, Steely Boy and Kenny Wilson, wanted to say big hello to you, mate. Good lads, good lads out in the villages, Lawrence. And the fact that you've gone out there with a trophy and a couple of Celtic legends, stroke greats, stroke icons, delete as appropriate. Uh, they'll really appreciate it out there because obviously they don't get that much events like that out in the villages. But there's a huge Celtic fan base in the Oakley CSC um, is well attended and well supported. So fair play to you and the guys for doing it, Lawrence. Yeah, listen, great hospitality for them and you know, we'll hopefully see them again. Hey good. boys, I'm going to leave you to it. I need to, to Good man, Lawrence. Always enjoy see that. See you in a bit, mate. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. God bless. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Paul, uh, what, what was Lawrence the sub? A badder? A badder for Forrest? I see that. I see they're going to be a badder for us or Forrest a badder. So take that as you will. Um, I'd probably say Lawrence Lawrence is you the older so he's going to need to be Jamesy and you're going to be the, the younger Abada uh, the young upstart that's it um, you mentioned there Paul some guys that you do I met another person at you on Saturday evening and uh, Brian McClare who I know is going to be Axom's first guest at the week uh, in January time so Aye. Chalky was asking for you and he was his usual um, self when asked could we get a wee picture he said no it's not maybe a big picture, which is Brian over the back, isn't it? He's brilliant, Deck. He's absolutely superb. I, I think back to um, the first time we did a, an event was at the Poetry Club in Glasgow, and it was with Frank McGarvey was there. Frank McGarvey, and it was brilliant because there was like a wee kind of backstage area which was so far away from the actual venue because obviously SWG three is huge, and we ended up in this wee room. And I remember. What we did, because we, we obviously, no expense spared, we bought everybody a fish supper. That was the rider for the night. And everybody was getting stuck into their dinner. And Frank McGarvey walks in, and they hadn't seen each other for years. And Brian McClare just uh, welcomed them with Francis, as Brian McClare would. And it was a great night, but obviously thoughts and prayers still with Frank McGarvey at this time. But yeah, Chalky's brilliant. The event's sold out in January, Declan, but very soon, like within the next week, we're going to be announcing the February event at Gracie's and we're going to keep that going next year. Get out there and do things live with a Celtic legend. So uh, it's great to see him. I've seen the picture. You were looking well and your other pals, the Bluebells, were in there as well. Yeah, they, they certainly were. And uh, Maka was in and about the place as usual um, that, that Frank is. So yeah, it was a good night and a, a shout out to, to Martin McHugh, Robert Old, Bertie's son, um, and everybody involved um, in Saturday evening, Nori Innes as well, doing it bad. Um, really good event, good fundraiser for Bertie. Um, as always, try to keep his um, legacy going, which the guys at the charity are continuing to do. So, Paul, you know yourself, it's important to do these things. I know you've Super. been a part of many of them. Um, and it's just another wee one. And to also give the guys um, from the Billy McNeil 
commemoration committee a shout out it's the, the weeks are ticking down until the statue um, of Caesar is uh, unveiled in Bells Hill so looking forward to that too it's amazing the amount of commitment that the people who go on these um, statue uh, journeys, the amount of commitment required from a group, a small group of people, Declan. I've seen it with uh, the Bobby Lennox guys, haven't we? Um, and, and various other statues. And the fact that the Billy McNeil one, uh, we had a couple of the, the committee on Axom way back at Cathkin. So that, when was that? A couple of years ago now. Yeah, at lockdown Park. time probably 2020. Yeah, aye, and they came in and we were talking about it back then. So it's great to see it all come into fruition. I love the fact that you know, you have statues for for icons. And um, I've said many, many times there should be one for every Lisbon lion in the place of their birth. Uh, some people in the comments come back and say, well, why not have them on the Celtic way? I don't know. I, I, I really do think, though, that if you're going to paint a postbox gold uh, for somebody winning an award, get a statue every Lisbon lion in their place of birth, Declan, because most of these areas can be, um, you know, high unemployment, poverty on the breadline, and you see this statue, and, and it can be something like a beacon of ambition. You know, that person, Bobby Lennox, Ronnie Simpson, they achieved this, we can achieve that. So, aye, I, I'm, I'm all for it, and I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, um, I wonder whether they'd put a Jim Craig statue on Govan. That would be a good one to put up. Certainly, I think Govan Cross would be the perfect place for the, the big man right beside Mary Barber, and I'm sure he would be well up for um, the, the wind-up that would cause. Um, Absolutely. Me and Lawrence were talking there, Paul, about some of the dilemmas which Ange Postecoglou might face tonight. I'm talking about that rotation he's got in his team, and I'll put this one over to you right away. We're talking about the midfield, we're talking about Aaron Moy, and the balance that's maybe in there along with Hitati. What was your thoughts on this? Bringing this comment here that Will saying that, that Moy was decent Saturday, but he likes to look at Hitati, O'Reilly, and Haksabanovic. I guess. Looking at the, the team as a whole, because I like the look at all those uh, four players that, that Will mentions, and I think you can you can actually accommodate all four of them. Um, so Moy, for me, will start tonight. I do think he will start. Uh, looking at that, that midfield three, if you like, I, I think it'll be O'Reilly, Hatati and Moy. I think O'Reilly... Has he surprised a few? Probably. He's been a revelation since he's you know shifted position in the absence of Callum McGregor. And I know we keep getting reminded he's played there before, but you know we're, we're going into a Champions League game tonight and it's slightly different from third-tier English football. And I think that that is why he's been a revelation, Declan, because he's just taken to it like a duck to water. That step up in standard, he doesn't look uh, ruffled at all. He seems to be taking everything in his stride. Hatati, he's the type of guy who, you know, you've seen his performance against Real Madrid. Um, he can turn it on against the absolute top, top sides. He's shown that. He's got no fear. He seems to play with no fear. doesn't matter if he's playing a domestic game uh, and we're beating the team comfortably at home or if he's up against Real Madrid he's a player who's going to try things he's going to take risks and I just think Moy deserves his place I think based and I know that the rotational element of it is there but I just think based on his performances I think he's had one bad game for Celtic and it was on a day where quite a few players had a bad game and mm. you made a point earlier talking to Lawrence I, I'm pretty confident he'll be playing on the world stage at the end of the year and um, Champions League for me Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. I think Aaron Moy can do it. I think he's got the, the head for it. People going about his pace, his mobility, but he's got other aspects of his game that makes up for that. Declan, you know, unless it's a a one-on-one scenario or, you know, he needs to catch somebody or it's going to be an open goal. I don't think, you know, people expose his pace that often. There's a lot of great footballers who pace isn't part of their game, even in the modern day. And I think Moy, O'Reilly and Hatati will make up the three, but I would still play Haksabanovic. Um, But I would play him out wide left. I think think the, the point that was made before about Maeda and Taylor is a valid one. Uh, but again, based on form, I, I don't think you can start without Haksabanovic. And I also like the way that Carter Vickers and Jens have been picking out passes, Declan, mm-hmm. uh, to Haksabanovic with great effect. And I think we need to do that tonight. We need to get behind the lines. Um, sometimes the, the pass has been quite uh, pedestrian between Carter Vickers and Jens and then between the two fullbacks, inverted fullbacks. And what they've been doing is they've been cutting through that and Haksabanovic has been the target. So I would play him wide left. So I'd play all four uh, to answer Will's question there. Yeah, but I agree on that. I think the, the balance for me, I like Hitati with that balance of Moy. I think it's very easy to forget Rio Hitati's only been playing professional football for two years, just through mm. the university system in Japan. Um, and I think he thrives with that wee bit of experience in there beside him. Um, and, you know, Haksabanovic, who the manager's even said still isn't where he would believe he is uh, meant to be. Um, alone with O'Reilly, who you've you know, mentioned, Paul is still young. Um, he's still developing. He's still getting better at this level. Um, and Rio in there, you know, it's maybe just a light a wee bit of experience in that midfield. And I think that Aaron Moy definitely brings that. But one of the questions coming in from Pat here, uh, Pat Dolan, to ask is, do we think O'Reilly should start? Um, he believes that he was out of sorts at Hearts, but the pass to Abada without said the foot was a peach. Abada just missed it. I actually think that Aaron Moy, eh, sorry, Aaron Moy, Matt O'Reilly's taken up this kind of pivot position quite well. I think he's decent, Paul, for me, and just kind of, you know, sell to the lie so much and getting the ball quickly from the two defenders that you've mentioned and Carter Vickers and Jens to the forward players, which I think O'Reilly does quite effectively well. He's quick at it. The rotations mm. are good. Um, and I think maybe if you put in a, a, a Moise for talking say in that position, you would notice the drop-off just in terms of the quickness of the pass. I think O'Reilly, yeah, Pat's talking about the previous game and I totally get that because we're talking about form and picking a team based on two things, form and the rotation element as well, Declan. But if we look at the last European game, O'Reilly was the most effective player for Celtic going forward and defensively. Um, And you talk about the the on-ball value, which is one of the, the metrics as well, and he's way way ahead of everybody else in the midfield. So when the ball comes to O'Reilly, the chances are it will lead to a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, Or if O'Reilly intercepts or tackles, it's because we're under the cosh. And I think that that's going to be huge tonight. I mean, the mix of O'Reilly, Hatate and Moy, I don't think it was by design as such because O'Reilly's probably playing out of position uh, in many ways because O'Reilly, sorry, because McGregor's injured. Moy's playing because McGregor's injured. Uh, However, the three of them have done really well. And I think that that will... That will be the. I would be very surprised if it wasn't those three starting tonight. But again, you know, there are other players. I just don't think. But who would you throw in to that midfield deck and, and think to yourself, I'm 100% confident? We know what some of the guys can do that are on the fringes, right? We know that Turnbull or the Bull, as he's called by Ange, is back and he's fit. But you're not going to throw a player like him into tonight's game. You're not going to throw uh, MacArthur. 
James McCarthy, sorry, into tonight's game. Uh, and Abiel Gard, as I've been calling him, but apparently his name is Abligor. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works, by the way. Me as well. Mm. Uh, Abligor, Abelgard, um, we'll probably just come up with a nickname for him, Big Ollie or something like that. Um, mm. You're not going to throw him in. So I, I don't see us starting with anyone other than Moy O'Reilly and Atati tonight. Yeah, it's an interesting one because Lawrence obviously mentioned that that relationship that's developed on that left-hand side with, with, with Taylor and Maeda. Um, and Maeda's a great, versatile player. Um, but I, I just think that on the balance of playing what we've seen, especially in that last Champions League game, you know, we saw a way to leap like particularly that, that survival mode that Ange Postacoglu Post spoke about. You don't want it to, to see that tonight. You want to see usually go for it. You want to see recycle the ball well. I think that's something that Aaron Moy does particularly well in midfield. And again, as you say, Paul, I don't think it would naturally came together. If anything, you'd have expected Moy to be playing as a pivot. And uh, you know, really to be playing in that kind of more forward advanced role just ahead of Atati, but it's not been the way it's worked. And they, they seem to be gaining a good understanding of each other. And just to think, doing the experience tonight, I'd like to keep Aaron Moy um, firmly in midfield just just for the balance of the team, I think. I definitely, you know, I, I remember when it came in and some people were underwhelmed, Declan. We had all the conversations on Axom. And like what you and, and uh, Lawrence were saying before in relation to Forrest, I just didn't get too excited about it. I was I wasn't up nor down with the sign, and I could see that it was a signing that was a shrewd one. It was what is often called a no-brainer, where you're getting a player of value, free charge that the gaffer knows, and he knows you know he's not going to start every game, but he's going to be an important part of the squad. And I think that's the reason why Forrest was given his improved deal as well, um, his extension, Declan. Um, he's come into a game over the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to throw this one in as well. I would start Forrest tonight. I, I'm a big fan of Abada. I'm a real big fan of, of Leela Abada. Um, but, you know, based on his European performances this season, I think, and, and what we have seen from Forrest in the past in Europe, I think Forrest just edges it for me. What's your thoughts on the, the right winger? Who should yeah, he play? I, I'm with, with James. Yeah, Again, I think, you know, he's scoring for him, getting an order goal at the weekend was important for him um, and again I thought when he came on against Leipzig um, a couple of weeks ago he looked at one of the kind of sprightly players I know that that word um, I know Ange picked up Hamish yesterday and the word despondent sprightly is obviously describing somebody who's a wee bit older um, but he did look sprightly when he came on against Leipzig um, I thought he, he looked decent um, and it gives you again that experience that we're lacking throughout the team having no Callum McGregor the Celtic team just now Paul I think is it's not affecting us, but you, you can't replace him. But if you can put in some players with experience, I think that's really, really important for games like tonight. And James Forrest has been there, done it um, many, many times in the Champions League for Celtic um, and performed too. I, I, I would stick with James Forrest. And again, what I was saying earlier to Lawrence, I think it's an indication when he comes off 65, 66 minutes on Saturday that he's very likely to start for Celtic tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen him. I said this during the week. We've seen him growing as a player and as a as a man. Not in height. Well. No, no, in height. Yeah. Although we have we have noticed a great development in his hair style over the years. I think he's finally got it just quite right. And uh, I, you know, as a player and, and as a man, obviously we've seen him uh, developing from seventeen years of age. And this isn't a sentimental thing. I just think that he showed against Hearts. Somebody asked the question, was that his first header? I don't know, have you watched the 101 goals yet? I'm not sure if that's yeah, his I've first header. I can't mind, I think he might have scored a header once. Maybe, I don't I, know. But um, he's shown there and he's shown with a hat-trick. And I think the game before that, 
where it, where it came on. I thought it looked really, really good. That was against Leipzig as well. So, yeah, Forrest gets the nod for me. Um, and I think the, the back five picks itself. Um, and really, the, the big the big debate will be around, um, you know, who you play up top. I know that you guys were saying Kyogo. Um, you know, I look at Yakamakis and I had a wee chat or, or a conversation or two and fro on Twitter about the way that well, you, you've done all you're talking about VAR, so that's fine. I, I'm quite happy not to go back into that. But I, I think Yakamakis, Declan, I think he's targeted. He, he's he's a big, strong unit, right? And because of that, a lot of players can't withstand his physicality. So they end up second best. But he seems to be penalised time and time again, Declan. And then when he gets decked or whatever, um, I see and often I, I often see referees just play on. You know, it's almost as if you're a big, strong lad. You shouldn't be impeded like that. But it's different in Europe. It is different in Europe. He holds the ball up well. I think even when you look at the games last year, Declan, the amount of um, free kicks that he won for us in Europe, mm. he doesn't get that in a domestic game, I've noticed. So I think that his hold-up play is pivotal. Um, he can really scare uh, defences, and I reckon he's going to run them ragged for 60 minutes. I think he'll start tonight, Yakimakis. It's an interesting one. I, I just, you know, as I said earlier, I think probably for me I'd start Yakimakis. I was glad that Kyogo get his goal last week against Motherwell. I think that'll do him the world of good um, because he's a player, again, like the team that thrives off momentum. But just due to the fact that he'd played that whole 90 minutes on Saturday, whether that was just down to the manager maybe looking at the game and thinking, you know, I, I need him in the part just now because he's going to cause Hearts problems. He's a physical presence that's causing them issues um, and I need him on the park. But I, I'm just interested to notice, you know, I, I would say he's a certain player at Livy on Sunday. And with that in mind, I don't know, you know, the manager's really, really keen in rotation. Mm. If that's also at the back of his mind, you know, he will always play down, Ange, that it's one game at a time, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Reality is he's probably looking towards that and saying, you know, obviously Yakimakis is one of the certs to play the game at Livy. Um, and with that in mind, I just think he might start Kyogo tonight, just due to the fact Paul that he never played the decent point. any minutes in, in Saturday. It's a decent point. And I think that he is he's built he is built for games like Livingston as big Yakimakis, isn't he? Um I liked I liked his physicality against Hearts as well. Uh, when he scored the goal, I was delighted for him. But again, yeah, I'm not going to labour the the refereeing. But if he is playing tonight, I will watch with with, with interest regarding how often he's penalised and how often justifiable free kicks are given. Because I don't think he's getting a a fair crack of the whip from the officials um, up here. Someone pointed out Big Hartson suffered the kind of same fate because he's, he's physical, so he's not actually hacking the players or, or fouling them, uh, Declan. But he is getting penalised a hell of a lot, um, and you you see him. 
you know, him and, and the refs do have a bit of a, a to and fro during quite a lot of the games. So it'll be interesting if he is playing, even if he comes on for half an hour, how that is treated this evening. But um, yeah, absolutely looking forward to it tonight. And I'm, I'm really positive, you know, because when I look at the... European campaign. The only disappointment I've had is against Shakhtar away. That's that's the game I think we should have won. Um, the other games, you look at it and you think we could have done better, but we created the chances. And Ange keeps going back to that. You, you were talking about his glass ceiling comments earlier. And I'm I'm totally on his his um, train of thought with that. I don't think any great manager in in the history of football has ever believed in glass ceilings. And Andrew's got that mentality as well, Declan. And it's a way to go. You think of all the greats at Celtic and, and beyond. You, you think of guys like, obviously, Jock Steen, uh, Bill Shankly, Don Revy, Brian Clough. These guys didn't believe in glass ceilings. Imagine telling Brian Clough when he took over at Nottingham Forest, you're going to win. You, there's no way you can win two European Cup you know, in a row. In a row. He wouldn't have believed it. And he didn't believe it. And he went on and done it. Uh, and I know that was in a golden age English football. I think they won five European Cups in a row, didn't they, English football? Yeah, Liverpool, but, Forest and Villa in amongst them. Yeah, but not a Forest didn't have any right to do that. But, you know, mm. he didn't believe in glass ceilings. He had a vision and he stuck to it. Uh, people say you can't compare Ange to everybody I've mentioned there, but, you know, you can have modern day legends as well. And there's nothing wrong with talking about Ange in the same breath because he does have ambitions. Will he win a European Cup? Unlikely. But as he said yesterday, no one gave an Australian manager a chance to actually managing at this level when he's doing it. No, no, absolutely not. And he's continuing to, he's, he's kind of story in football is continuing to take people by surprise and he continues to do that. And I think he will, um, you know, later in his career, you know, still be a, a, another present figure that changes things. In terms of this, Paul, this is a kind of interesting point. We'll kind of come on to Shakhtar for the last 10 minutes. Um, there have been coaches coming to say that he feels a bit of the pressure is off us tonight and he thinks that's going to be in our advantage because Shakhtar reading their manager's comments I don't know if you remember back to that game that you're talking about Paul that the one each drove over there their manager was in his knees at the end of the game he's described this game tonight as coming to Celtic Park and pulling off another miracle as if you know Shakhtar had performed some kind of miraculous uh, fate getting a draw against Celtic I would say the pressure tonight is more likely on Shakhtar. Um, even though we're going to the game expecting Celtic to win and we want us to win and we're yet to do it in the tournament, Shakhtar will still be looking at trying to get into this last 16 of the Champions League and Real Madrid and Leipzig against each other. It's a case of if they can get the business done tonight for them, they're probably home and dry. But for Celtic, I think looking towards next season, even though we're only in October, if we can get a win tonight, I think that'll go a long, long way for Celtic in the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of things there. Um, firstly, you're right. Shakhtar were delighted with that result after the performance that Celtic put up. Um, and they've got a 1-1 draw against Real Madrid as well. And people are writing off that final game. We'll end up going into that game at the Bernabeu having to get something, Declan. So you've got, you cannot believe in glass ceilings. We'll go back to that point. But, you know, I said at the beginning of this campaign that this season was all about next, if that makes sense. It was almost like, let's get the games under the players' belts because we all know that very, very few Celtic players had Champions League experience prior to this season. Uh, Joe Hart being the obvious exception, but James Forrest, Callum McGregor, very few other players had that experience under the belts. So this six games was all about you know giving them the experience so that they can build on it. Some players won't be able to build on it, Declan. They might just be that wee bit short. Um, but most of the guys like Jota, um, you know, Yakamakis, uh, O'Reilly, Hatati, the guys are going to learn 
Carmen Carter Vickers and Jens as well. They're going to learn loads. And if we get that win as well, it's the monkey off the back, isn't it? It's as, as though, right, we can do this. You go into the next campaign with a different sense of belief. Um, so I, I totally, I buy into that 100%. There's a few injuries tonight, but I would probably say, as well as them having two or three injuries, so have we. You know, we're playing with, with at least two first picks out, and one of them being our captain. So, you know, I, I don't think that gives us an advantage as such. But I, I agree with our urban culture. I think they, you know, as much as a, a, a game involving Celtic can be pressure free, the pressure is off a wee bit tonight. And I, and I think we will open up to that and we can express ourselves better. Yeah, some other comments agreeing with that. Gary's coming in here to say that he thinks that we're going to blow Shakhtar away tonight. No pressure on the players, in his opinion. Um, we need to stop the service to Mudric. He's one of the guys who... I've watched Scotland play against recently um, up close as a bit of second time I've watched him in recent months he's a top top player Scotland managed to nullify him that night um, I would hope that Celtic can do it again obviously he was a man that scored against us over there um, in Warsaw uh, Pat will be glad to know that Marion Shred is not fit um, he thought that if he was fit he's bound to score tonight um, thankfully I think he's out the game so we don't have that one to worry about coming back to to bite us in the behooky um, and Brian coming in here to say that we got a draw away to Shakhtar we should be confident um, about beating them at home I, I would agree Paul and what you said about this game be the one that you're probably most frustrated in it was the one that we created so many chances in I, I said after the game I think on Twitter that the kind of the, the size of this game would be dictated by the end of the group it was dictated after match day four after we'd lost back to back games against RB Leipzig Um I thought maybe we could have kicked on with the confidence, you know, at a point away in the Champions League is never a bad result. But you're now looking at this and being the one, I think, for me, that it's not going to define Celtic's Champions League campaign up until now. It'd be great if we can get that win under our belts. I'm kind of already looking forward to next season. And I think for the players to get this monkey off the back, if we get a win tonight, it's going to go a hell of a long way for some of them. I think it will, and it's been so important. Ange keeps reiterating it, and I think Greg Taylor said it as well. Uh, shit, shot, shit. No, sorry, shutting out the noise. It's so important because what what's happened is Celtic have just been lumped in with everybody else's European performances this season, and that's really unfair. Because if you look at the games that we've played in isolation, Declan, there is something to work on. All the other Scottish sides, um, you know, you cannot lump Celtic in with their performances because if I was a fan of any of these other teams who have been involved in Europe and Scottish football, I wouldn't be looking forward to next season. Whereas I think if you take the positives from the four games we've played already, um, then you will be. You'll, looking, you'll be looking ahead and saying, well, what is Hatate going to look like with one Champions League campaign under his belt? You know, he's going to be more comfortable as is O'Reilly and the other players that I've mentioned. Um, I, I love social media. Um, obviously, there has been a few moments in the recent past, Declan, where I haven't really loved it that much, but I do love it uh, on the whole. And um, it popped up on my memories uh, on Facebook, actually, regarding the fact that it was um, Lazio three years ago yesterday. Um, and, and that's the home game. And the, the home game, you'll remember, because I never stopped banging on about it, Kevin Graham and I were at the game with Andrew Innes at a primal scream. Yeah. And, you know... It, it, you know, the word surreal is the only one I can think of. It was completely surreal to be celebrating goals with Andrew Innes out of Primal Scream, a band who are definitely in my top three bands of all time. And you know this, I think they're doing some sterling work. I don't know if you've, um, you you will have seen the first part. I'm going to bring it up here because there's been a collaboration that uh, Bobby Gillespie's been involved in. And, is this um, with uh, Ada Celtic with the, the jersey? 
aye, it's fantastic, right? So Ada Celtic, first of all, um, set up the Palestine Adelica um, campaign, and you've seen that popping up on on Twitter, and you thought, wow, what's going on here? But then obviously it became pretty clear because they um, had set up a design working alongside uh, Anon and also Bobby Gillespie, and the design has completely sold out uh, of rapid style. It was modelled by the one and only Eric Cantona. And those of a certain vintage... King. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I one of the you're... kings, I can't just call him the king, there's a few, but he is, he's one of my football idols. Oh, absolutely. You know, 100%, even if you're not Man United-minded, um, as I know you and, and JP in that are, Cantona is an absolute football icon. But, you know, he's, he's got a social conscience as well. And I think that when you look at this, um, you've got the hoops on the one sleeve, you've got Scrimadelica there, you've got Ada Celtic and then the sponsor, um, Anon, um, who have all, also collaborated on this design. That is completely sold out. And that's no surprise, is it? And you'll probably struggle to get um, one of these replica jerseys. But obviously, when they do re-emerge, get yourself uh, buying one of them because it's for a, a great cause. The other thing that the Scream are involved in is uh, they have got involved with the Enough is Enough campaign, um, you know, and them alongside, so it's Bobby Gillespie and Andrew Innes, Andrew who was at the game with us a few years back, uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners, Kevin Rowland and Sean Reid, um, as well as Jesus and Mary Chain's bassist Douglas Hart. They've joined forces, Declan, to produce a, a single and a video in support of the RMT's fight against low pay and cuts to jobs and services. So they're currently working on a song called Enough is Enough. How exciting is that? Um, but I just thought I'd bring that up because I know that many of our listeners um, have the same kind of political viewpoints and perspectives as the likes of Bobby and uh, many of the Axon contributors. And I know you like a wee bit of politics yourself, Dex, so there we go. We're on the right side of politics, aren't we? Yeah, we, we sure are. And, you know, into that um, that conversation, just to kind of give a wee shout out to David Heyman, I was along at his play um, last weekend. He, as always, David highlights the... The, his moral conscience, which is a real strong one, is a lot of great work with, with Spirit Aid, um, his charity um, here in Scotland and, of course, overseas. He's been out to Palestine, he's been to Afghanistan, he's been to many countries, um, and he, you know, shows injustice in the world. And, and you know, to me, he always is on the, the right side of, of history. So, a wee shout out to David, who, who again, um, and his, his play, Times Plague, which is now drawn to an end uh, highlights um, the Palestinian struggles um, and, and their fight um, super so, actor yeah, super actor and, and by the way a fantastic article not that long ago that um, you interviewed him didn't you for a while and, and yeah. the article appeared in the alternative, alternative view so no fantastic take my hat off to anybody that's willing to put their uh, or shine a light on injustice and that's exactly what we're talking about isn't it yeah absolutely um, I think we'll wrap it up for, for there, Paul. Um, we comment here coming in to say that we Bobby Gillespie will be getting his rocks off tonight if Celtic win. I'm sure they will, and uh, hopefully the hoops are moving on up um, by the end of. Oh yes, the night in the I was going to say higher than the sun. Something else rhymes with that, but no, we'll no, we'll not go there. Yeah, we'll not go there. And um, Paul, pleasure as always. Good to catch up with you. Thanks to all the contributors. Enjoy the game tonight, and thanks for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.